Hey there. It is so good to be here today. There are a ton of cool things to talk about. Yes. And one of them is we're celebrating 120 years as a church today. And that's incredible. And um, I'm excited to hear Pastor Allen just talk about the whole journey our churches has been on. And um, the fact that, that like God has been so faithful during yep. this whole time. So here it is. Hey, Grace community, uh, great to be with you today. Today is an incredibly special day for this church family. We are celebrating 120 years of ministry as a church. That is astounding. In a society in which businesses come and go and organizations come and go and people come and go and leaders come and go, the idea that this church family has been effective as a church in this community for 120 years is amazing. I mean, just to give a little context for that, when this church was started, women didn't yet have the right to vote or to own property. Child labor was a huge problem. Teddy Roosevelt was president. There were no telephones, no televisions, no radios, no paved streets. Motorized vehicles were extremely rare. People, most people got around by walking or in, in a horse-drawn carriage. The city of Greeley had officially been a city for only 15 years. Well, in the midst of all of this, there was a group of Swedish immigrants who loved Jesus and who wanted to worship him freely without the state controls that they'd experienced in their homeland. So a small group of people began meeting for Bible study in one of their candlelit homes. As the group grew, they eventually found a larger space in which to meet. Well, then on, on Saturday, December 28th, 1901, a group of 18 of these people decided to officially become a church. And to think you and I are a part of that church as we gather online and in person today. Now, I don't know about you, but that moves me that what those 18 Swedish immigrants decided to do 120 years ago is impacting each of our lives today. Over the course of this past 120 years, thousands of people have been and are being impacted by this church, not only here, but around the world. Look, I know there's a lot of cynicism these days around the idea of church and the institution of church and church buildings and services and all of that. I get it. I, I think we, we, we need to continually be examining the church in terms of structure and format so that we're, we're, we're actually continuing the mission of Jesus uh, of the church. I get that. But in the midst of all of that cynicism and negativity surrounding the idea of the institutional church, I want us to think for a moment about this question. What if those 18 people had said no? What if they had said, you know, life is too busy for us to invest in being a church. Let's all just kind of do our own thing spiritually. What would have been the impact of that decision? What would have been the impact in Greeley, Colorado, if for the past 120 years there hadn't been a Christ community church? Where would your life be? Where would my life be if this church had never been born? Thankfully, we don't have to answer that question because we know this church was born 120 years ago, and it has been impacting people for Jesus for generations, for generations, including ours, including our lives. So today is a day to celebrate 
and to be thankful. It's a day to stop and to acknowledge and to remember what God has done through this church family over the past 120 years. You know, as we talked about this fall, when we stop to remember and appreciate moments from the past, it fills our hearts with joy in the present. To remember is a gift from God, a gift that multiplies joy and celebration in our lives. So today is not a day for our church family to envision the future or for me to cast vision for where we're headed. We'll do that at the start of 2022, but not this day. This is not a day to dream. This is a day to remember what God has done and to enjoy that, to savor that, to celebrate that with joyful gratitude. So as I was thinking about this message and how to best organize it and communicate it, I was reminded of the story in the Old Testament, the book of Joshua, chapter 4. The people of Israel were getting ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that God had promised them after being enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. But the Jordan River was at flood stage that time of year, so there was no way for them to get across apart from a miracle. And that's exactly what happened. As the priest stepped into the water, it imme- the water immediately stopped flowing so that the people could cross on dry ground. Now, all that's really cool, but what, what's pertinent to our situation today is what God had the people do as they were crossing. The entire chapter of Joshua 4 is focused on this one thing. As they were crossing the Jordan River, God wanted them to gather 12 stones from the riverbed, and he wanted them to take those stones out and to use those stones to build a memorial on the other side of the Jordan so that they would remember what God had done. Yeah, they still had a mission to accomplish. They still had lots of work to do to actually move into the promised land. But right here at the beginning... God was saying to them, in your pursuit of this vision I've given you, I don't, want, I don't ever want you to forget to remember. God, God was saying, it is really important for you to periodically stop and look at these stones and remember what I have done. So what I wanted to do in this message is for us as a church family to stop and look at some of these stones, some of these critical strategic God moments in our history as a church, and with each one to take a moment and just appreciate it, to feel the weight of that and to thank God for it. Well, the first stone is one I've already mentioned, how God moved on the heart of these 18 Swedish immigrants to actually start a church in order to reach people for Jesus. The name of our church at the beginning was the Swedish Free Mission Church. Now, I love the fact that the word free and the word mission were in our church's name from the beginning. There was a longing for the freedom to pursue Jesus wholeheartedly, which is a value that we still share and embrace. And there was a longing to be people on mission for Jesus, to be a gathered people whose heart was for those who don't know Jesus. What an amazing legacy. What an amazing foundation these people laid for us. God was at work here. A second stone of remembrance occurred 34 years later when this church, whose worship services had been done only in the Swedish language, decided that in order to reach more a more ethnically and socially diverse group of people, they needed to start doing services in English. 
Now, this was not an easy decision. Some of the, the people felt like they were abandoning their heritage, but the majority realized that their heritage, while important, was never intended to override or hinder the kingdom of God advancing. The heart of God is for all people to come to know him. So they made that huge language change. And I'm really glad they did because the only Swedish word I know is Lutfisk. Um, and I don't really have a favorable impression of Lutfisk. So, so the, the, this church was willing to make hard choices in order to reach more people for Christ. God was at work here. Well, as the church continued to grow, there was another significant God moment, a stone of remembrance, and that was the purchase of a basement building here at 13th Avenue and 15th Street. It was purchased in 1944 from the Assembly of God Church in town, and within a few years, a sanctuary was built, which served as a worship gathering space for over 50 years until the year 2003 when it became our Kids Connection area. Now, this particular stone of remembrance is significant because this location placed our church across the street from an elementary school, a block from a high school, and five blocks from the university. I mean, think about that. This location provided opportunity for our Kids Hope Mentoring Ministry to be born as we mentor elementary students, and we have for years. It has provided opportunity for our church to minister to students and teachers across the street. And for us to have our food truck at Central High School once a month to minister to high school students. And it has provided opportunity for a significant number of college students to be a part of this church during their time at UNC. God was at work here. He placed us in this location in 1944, knowing how this location would position us to impact this area. A fourth stone of remembrance occurred four decades later during a meeting in 1989. So the church at that time, 1989, the church had experienced a difficult season in the 1980s, seeing a significant decline in attendance. Less than 100 people were now a part of the church when I think it had gotten up to 400 in the 50s, but less than 100 people were a part of the church then. So a meeting was called of the few remaining leaders in this church. And the question on the table was, should we just close the doors for good? and maybe merge with Mountain View, um, E-Free Church on the west side of town, which was a church started by people from our church. But this, this small group of leaders had, had such a heart for this church. They had prayed, they had sought the Lord, and they felt in their hearts, they felt that God still had something in store for this church body. But, but uh, it probably needed, but the, the leader of this, the pastor, probably needed to be someone who didn't have gray hair. Um, at the time. Uh, well, so Raylene and I came to visit the weekend of June 24th, 1990, celebrating our first wedding anniversary while visiting here in Greeley. And we fell in love with the people in this church and with this amazing city. I still remember them giving me a tour of the building, just the old side, right? And I've just toured the building and thinking there is so much potential here. And what became clear to me more than anything else was that this dear group of people were willing to embrace change in order to grow. And not every church is like that. But these people were willing to change music styles and church name, etc., in order to reach more people for Christ. And I am so thankful they offered me the job. The vote was 46 to 0. 
I'm glad I didn't have to wonder who had voted against me. Um, but one one funny side note here, during my final few months of seminary, that spring of 1990, as I was communicating with this church about this job, there was an esteemed professor of mine at the seminary um, who had come to visit. He'd come out to Greeley earlier that year, and he had spoken at like a district conference at another church in town, and he heard negative rumors about this particular church. So when he came back to the seminary and heard that I was exploring this church, he said to me, I wouldn't touch that church with a 10-foot pole. Seriously, that's what he said. But I needed a job, uh, and I love the people here. I mean, I am so grateful to God for opening this door for Raylene and I to serve this church and this community. That That is a stone of remembrance for me. God was at work. Okay, so fast forward a few years. We'd incorporated drums and guitars and worship. We had changed our name to Christ Community Church in 1994. And we had tried to reach out to college students at UNC to invite them to church. We handed out flyers. We were doing whatever we could, but to no avail. And we had no college students. And then one Sunday morning in service, I'm I'm standing up there and I see these two college girls walk in. And so I go and introduce myself to Heidi and Amy. And I was thinking, finally, our efforts paid off. You know, they got our invites. They decided to come to church. And so I, I just happened to ask them, so how did you hear about, how did you hear about the church, this church? And they said, well, we were looking for another church and we got lost. Um, and so we just decided to try this. Well, that, that moment became another stone of remembrance for me. It was a humbling reminder that God is at work in spite of all of my plans and all of my efforts. This is his church, not mine. So these two girls enjoyed the service. They went and told a few other friends of theirs, a few other students. And in a few weeks, we had 20 students, college students, and then 40 college students. I mean, college students became a crucial part of our church family, and they still are. What a huge blessing for us. I still hear from college students who were impacted by our church during their time at UNC, even decades ago. I connected with one of them who is now in full-time vocational ministry in Chicago. He used to live a few blocks away and would walk here with his roommates, most of whom are also now in full-time vocational ministry. God was at work. So fast forward to the year 2000, we had outgrown our old sanctuary and we're trying to figure out what to do. Should we move? Should we purchase another church building that was for sale? So I gathered our elders and a few of our staff one Saturday morning and I said, look, we're not, we're not gonna say anything for the next 15 minutes. We're just gonna listen to the Lord. We're just going to quiet ourselves. We're going to listen to the Lord. And I handed each of them a notepad and I said, just write down whatever you are hearing the Lord say to you. So we did that. And after 15 minutes or so, each person just kind of read what they had heard the Lord say. And man, there was amazing agreement. There was an agreement that we were supposed to stay where we were and to focus on loving people and that God would take care of the rest. So we did that. We just kept loving people, doing ministry. Well, within a, within a short period of time after that meeting, in a conversation with Doug Bowen, our church administrator, he said to me, you know, we ought to just 
buy these five houses that are on this block and build our sanctuary right here. And when he said it, I just knew in my heart that was what we were supposed to do. So we started a financial campaign, raised money to purchase the five homes that were on this block, this half block. And within a short period of time, we were able to approach the owners and pay them the full appraised value, including the home of an atheist professor who absolutely refused to sell us his home, to sell his home to a church. But God softened his heart and he eventually said yes. But there was still one home out of those five. There was one home that was embroiled in an unhealthy kind of estate mess in a family. And it seemed like there was no way we would be able to purchase that home. We we had waited over two years with no results. It was holding up our entire plan. So there was one worship service. Some of you may remember this. We were singing this song that was popular at the time called Shout to the North. And in the middle of that song, I was up there leading worship, leading this song, and I, I stopped all of us and had our congregation turn to the right. At the, they were facing, you know, to the, to the west um, in our old sanctuary. I had them stop and turn 90 degrees, face the north, and hold out our hands. And we sang that song declaring God's will and his purposes over that remaining house and over this whole block. And sure enough, within a few months, we were able to purchase that house and then donate all five of these homes to the city and build our current sanctuary. Our first service in our new sanctuary was in early March 2003. What an amazing stone of remembrance of God's miraculous provision of the homes and also the financial generosity of these people. In Christ's community, these people in our church, the financial generosity of these people 20 years ago, we are here today reaping the benefit of those people's faith and generosity and of God's faithfulness. I mean, God was at work. Well, one final stone of remembrance. Two years after moving into our new sanctuary, I was praying with two prayer partners on a Monday in June, it was late afternoon. I was having a hard time staying awake, to be honest. Um, and one of them, I heard vaguely heard one of them say, I'm seeing a picture of our sanctuary filled with mannequins. And I feel like the Lord is saying, my people don't love me. I'm like, whoa, now I was awake, you know, <laughs> but I didn't want to hear this. I didn't want to hear that. I didn't, I didn't believe it. We were doing fine. Our church was growing. Everything was good. So the next morning, <clears throat> I'm, I'm doing my devotions. That morning, just having prayer time of the Lord. And I happened to be reading in my one-year Bible thing, I happened to be reading the story of King Asa. Just happened to be reading that. And Asa did really well early in his ministry. But then he became complacent. And he started compromising by making treaties with other nations rather than trusting the Lord. And as I'm reading the story of Asa and kind of his complacency over time, I knew God was speaking to me about our church, that we had become complacent and had lost our first love. So I called our staff together for an emergency meeting that morning, and I told them what I felt like God was laying on my heart. And so we began to pray. And one of them in the meeting, one of the, the people on our staff, since the Lord giving her a picture of a big dead tree, 
I mean, a big dead tree, that was vivid. It, it, it has a significant presence. You have to drive around a big dread, dead tree, right? But it had no, there was no life. Um, so I really was convinced then that God was speaking. And so, so at our worship services, that Father's Day weekend in 2005, I threw out the sermon I'd prepared. I had previously prepared and I pulled up a stool and I shared this, all of this with our congregation, the story of King Asa and these pictures and the sense in prayer and, and this complacency. And I invited our church to come forward, literally come forward in the sanctuary and get on our knees and to repent, which we did, which this whole church did. It was powerful. A few weeks later, in a meeting with a couple of staff people, the idea of Project Beyond was born, which was the first of a number of ministry campaigns that birthed things like our International Training Institute, which has now trained thousands of leaders around the world, our church planning efforts in the Middle East and in Africa and Latin America, our compassion initiatives in the area of sex trafficking, as well as the purchase of a downtown property, which we turned into Zoe's Cafe and Events Center, which is an incredible blessing to our city. I mean, that moment on Father's Day weekend of 2005 became a pivotal moment in the life of our church, a stone of remembrance. God was at work in this church. There are so many other stones of remembrance that I could mention in the midst of the ups and downs of this church's ministry over the years. Even his faithfulness to us in this COVID season and the creative new pathways and open doors he has provided for ministry to happen. I mean, over the past 120 years, God has been at work in this church, impacting lives and families and schools and workplaces and neighborhoods and villages and communities and regions. You know, I want us to watch a video we have put together of some people who all around the country and the world and around here whose lives have been impacted by this church. Hello, Christ Community Church, and congratulations on 120 years. Christ Community Church has had an important foundation in my life. Christ Community has positively impacted my life for the past seven years since going there. How has Christ Community uh, impacted my life? Honestly, in more ways than I can ever possibly count. Christ Community saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself. It has given me so much. I think for me the biggest impact that Christ Community had was just that sense of home and belonging that I know my heart, well we both have been longing for. I attended Christ Community at a really important time in my life. Yeah, Christ Community was so uh, special to me that when I met my husband, we decided to get married at Christ Community. And it was so important early on in my walk with Jesus to be in a community of people that loved to worship Jesus, that loved Jesus, that were serious about teaching his word, but also living it out on a weekly basis and to serve together on a, on a Sunday morning. When I think of Christ community, it really means home and family to us and seeing God do miracles. So when you see my kids, which are now college age now, basically when you see them walking around here, those are two miracles. Um, that God has done and provided in our lives. And Christ's community was there to support us uh, through the times of struggle 
and also the times of joy. It has just been incredible. The, the love and um, the people have been just magnificent, especially during the death of my husband. I've gone here now for probably maybe 15, 16 years. And so it's definitely home for me. Well, I always went upstairs till George passed away, but then I had so many friends in traditions that I started going down there, and now that's my family. That's just precious people. I was invited to a program called Alpha, and with Alpha, I also met um, fellowship. I never knew what fellowship meant, and then once I understood what it was, it was like a family, not just a church, but a family. And to this day, I still have my fellowship. I have an e-group. I go every week, and if, if I miss my e-group in my church, I just feel like my week is not complete. Back in the mid-90s, when I lived with four other guys in a house just around the corner from the church on 13th Street, Sunday mornings were an event for us. All of us would go and hang out and, and go to church and attend church at Christ Community Church. So I was playing uh, the piano uh, here between, probably between the years of 1970 and 1972, something like that. I was working with Catherine Thorne, who was the organist here, and she invited me to come and play the piano while she played the organ. It was a wonderful experience, so much fun. When I first started coming to Christ Community, um, they had a Thursday night service, and uh, I just, I just felt home here. <laughs> we, I've been here before we ever had the new sanctuary, and um, so I've seen a, a lot of changes, and I've just enjoyed it. And Our children went to the children's programs in these schools, and when they were done, they just were so enthusiastic about uh, Sunday school here that uh, we decided to come back the next week. So we've been here ever since. What is it? Almost 30 years now. There was occasions when they would let me play the organ. Natalie Stites and I were, would play together. She's on the piano, of course. So I had a lot of fun doing that. It was really a great experience. And so we just have loved throughout the years from have a church up to where Kids Connection was to having my kids baptized. Um, and also just through the years of seeing this building being built and then going to West. Um, and then, yeah, just all the awesome ministries that are here. He teaches me how to, a uh, God and giving and stuff. My friends make you feel better if they see me all the time at church. And I see them all the time at church too. My group leaders are good. They pray because they love us, they, they respect us, they also care about us. So it's just not for me and my family, it's for my son. And he comes home and he talks about God and how he loves God and how God loves him. And just to hear him sing the songs that we sing at Christ Community, it's just, it brings me to tears to just know how happy he is when we leave Christ Community Church. I always feel like they're a family to me, especially when I get to do special needs, the special needs ministry with my dad. It is one of the highlights of my week. Another way that I really developed and grew um, when I was at Christ Community was in prayer. Um, I met with some other people that mentored me in prayer, and um, I met with a lot of people at Christ Community to pray. Um, 
just growing in, in faithfulness um, in prayer. Um, another way that I grew at Christ Community was in my heart for worship and using my gift as a vocalist to lead others in worship of God. Um, you know, we've being a part of small groups, being a part of the, the team that we were asked to be a part of, um, being on the worship team for myself. Man, everything we've done has blessed us beyond measure. I had learned how to um, open the door for God to become into my life. Christ Community has shown me and taught me what it looks like to press in to the presence of God, to be attuned and aware of His voice and to experience the goodness of who He is. It was there that God was really developing in me a heart for the nations. And throughout the years that I attended Christ Community, I also went on a lot of different mission trips. Um, some were with Christ Community. I'm so grateful because of this IGI training and especially because of the people who are praying for us before the meeting. I feel so humbled. I'm so happy because God spoke through you. We encourage you to continue praying for us and we shall also pray for you. Na nimekea sana kwa nafasi kukushukuru kwa yale yote ulikuwa ukiniombea. Man, everything we've done has blessed us beyond measure and it's, it's been incredible. You cannot tell the Zilch family story without including Christ community. Um, I am now uh, a missionary working with Muslims and God really used that time at Christ community to start that. I'm in ministry now, have been for 20 some years. We're all serving the Lord in different aspects, but it was great to have Christ community as a foundation. Congratulations. Congratulations on your anniversary. Yes, love you guys. And we are so glad. May the Lord bless you. Yeah, we love you guys. Um, we're thankful for all that you guys do. Friends, you are a part of something significant. Well, what God has done here you know, over the past 120 years is not ordinary. It is extraordinary. We are a part of a movement that began 120 years ago when 18 Swedish immigrants decided to officially form a church family, believing together and praying together that God could use this church to impact people for Jesus. And here we are, here we are as those impacted by this church. Now, here's what I want all of us to realize. It is not only that God has been at work in this church, God is still at work in this church. I mean, in light of all that God has done as a result of the faith and obedience of 18 people 120 years ago, imagine what he can do through a couple thousand people today who love this church and who are willing to be people of faith and obedience for generations to come. I mean, think about this. If you and I are here because of the yes of 18 people 120 years ago, imagine the tens of thousands of people a century from now who will stand and say, thank you, God, for Christ Community Church and for the impact this church has had in my life. 
friends, we are a part of a bigger story <laughs> of, of a God who is still at work wanting to do above and beyond what we could even imagine through this church. In fact, would you, if you're comfortable doing so, just read out loud with me Paul's glorious declaration of praise to God for this amazing thing called the church. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray together. You know, I want to encourage you um, to take a moment. Take a moment and think of the impact this church has had in your life, in your life, in terms of your relationship with Jesus, the people you have met, the things God has done in your family and your friend. Just think of the impact this church has had in your life. And as you think of those things, feel the impact of that, the appreciation of that. And now thank God, just in the quiet of your heart, if you want, just thank him. Thank him for those things that he has done in your life and in life, lives of loved ones. Father, thank you for this church. Thank you for those 18 people who said yes 120 years ago who said yes to you and formed this church family. God, I am so grateful. I am grateful for the way this church has impacted my family and has impacted my life and my relationship with you, the amazing people that I have had the privilege of meeting and being in relationship with and serving alongside and for the synergy of of service and the impact that has is, has happened in this community and around the world because of this church. So God, thank you. Thank you for Christ Community Church. <laughs> and we we just we praise you. We give you glory for all that you have done and all that you want to do through this church. God, would you do above and beyond what we could even ask or imagine through this church for your glory? In Jesus' name, amen. Man, it was so good to hear that kind of history and hear the, the single thread of of God being present, of God using people to accomplish great things 
for 120 uh, years. After like hearing that, I just feel so close to you. Like, <laughs> you just, yeah, I, I feel, feel like this. <laughs> This okay. is who we are. Okay, we anyway. are like the family of God. So, so thank you for being close to us. Thank you for inviting us to yeah. share this time together. Go and be blessed. And I'm excited. Until next time, guys.